as Kriyat Yamsu. Yeah, remember this? Good. Alrighty. So yesterday we said those two things. And he says that unfortunately people can really get into the worst of the worst moods, worst of the worst places in life. I apologize. Uh, when they are in, uh, when they're depoverished, impoverished, or um, finding Shiduchim and it's not working out. Like the Gemara says, a person who's not married, whoever doesn't have a wife, he's Sharoi Beloi Simcha, he doesn't have Simcha, doesn't have Bracha, doesn't have Tova. And he's called half a body, according to the Zohar, in Breshit. And unfortunately, many times he can have difficulties in believing that this is what God wants in running the world. Now, says the Rav, because of all of these difficulties, because of all of these, um, I don't want to say mood swings, but because of this um, mood downer that he's going through with Parnassah or with Shiduchim, it's very difficult to pray. It's very difficult to pray when you're sad. It's very difficult to pray when you're upset. The best time to pray, sorry, the time that you're going to pray the most is when you're happiest. You're happiest, you go out and thank Hashem. You go out and pray to Hashem to give you more because you realize that it's coming. But when nothing's coming and when everything's difficult and when you're not happy about it, that's the time when you should most pray and unfortunately the mood goes into I just want to be by myself and think and not talk to Hashem. Because a person will not be able to properly pray to Hashem unless he really believes that whatever he's going through is 100% for his ultimate and immediate benefit. I heard a shir yesterday, a video clip by Rabbi Gavriel Friedman. Everyone's heard of Rav Gav, the famous Rav Gav, the funny tzaddik from Eishat Torah. I was his Talmud, his first year teaching at Eishat Torah. Rav Gav. Rav Kav. Gav. <laughs> they make it, they, I think they, they make a joke out of it. Rav Kav, like the, the, the bus ticket. The uh, I'm not familiar. Yeah. I don't know what that is. Rav Gav, so his name is Rav Gavriel Friedman. He, my sister sent it out, I think. Uh, I heard of it. My sister, yeah, yeah. It, I get the Torah Anytime clip anyways. The Torah Anytime gives you a daily clip every day. It's very nice. Um, so he said that someone was asked, what would you do to change the world? If you were God, what would you do to change the world? If you were God, what, how would you do things? So he said, I would stop world hunger. I would make sure everyone has this. I would uh, I'd give everyone ice cream. Fun right, stuff, right? right. <laughs> funny, funny stuff. And then, and then the, he, said, he said, Rabbi, what would you do? He said, I wouldn't do anything. Meaning? He says, what? You wouldn't do anything? If you're God, this is how you would leave it? He says, absolutely. Because this is how God has it. And this is the best it could possibly be. This is exactly how we're supposed to be right now. You ever seen Butterfly Effect? The movie? There's a movie, don't watch it, that a guy has the opportunity to go back into time and change whatever happened do something else instead of scream be nice instead of this do this instead of get into the accident knock into the accident and then every time he does that and goes forward into life everything becomes a mess 10,000 times worse than what just happened same exact idea Kadosh Baruch Hu is running our lives everything that happens every fail in business every difficult situation a person has to endure Anything that you see in the world that's going on, you might think, oh, it would have been better that it didn't happen. It's not. It's best that it did happen because Hashem made it happen.
וכמובן בדברי רבינו ז"ל, אם אדם היה מאמין שמלוא כל הארץ כבודו, רבי נחמן סזנו קוטימרן, lesson 62, if a person would truly believe that הקדוש ברוך הוא is מלוא כל הארץ כבודו, he fills the world, השם is everywhere, and there's nothing besides him, והוא שומע כל דיבור שמדבר אליו, and he listens to every word that we put out of our mouths, it's not that, listen, our תפילות, they go around 100 miles an hour, all the way to Yerushalayim. They probably got on an airplane in the middle and they take a flight to Yerushalayim. They land at Tel Aviv. They take a, they take a shayrit, shayrut, all the way to the hotel. Then they have to wait in the line at the checkpoint to get into the hotel. Then our tefillot go to the wall, climb over the wall, go into the base Kodesh HaKodeshim and then get zapped up to Shemaim. That's not what happens. That's not what happens. Even though our tefillot do go through that area, they go through the Beit HaMikdash. That's why we have to face the Beit HaMikdash when we pray. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is listening to you right now. Right now. He's in front of you. His ear, he puts his ear, right in front of your mouth and he wants to hear every nuance of your prayer. How you're saying the words. Are you appreciating saying the words or are you praying 200 miles a minute? Who talks like that? Who t- I would, if I was a king, I would slap you in the face talking 200 miles a minute. Who are you to talk 200 miles a minute to me? I'm the king of the world. You better talk nicely. You better talk slowly. You better talk with enunciations. You better talk properly. You better see what the Siddur has to say and have in mind everything, all those beautiful uh, ideas of what the brachas meant. You better, you better understand what you're saying and not speak to me as if you're reading a, uh, a Spanish newspaper. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu is putting, is tilting his ear, says Rabbi Nachman, and listening to every nuance of every word that you're saying. Because this person feels that Hashem is, I'm not fitting for Hashem to listen to me. Hashem's listening to me, little old me. And how's Hashem listening to me and you? You and you, and you and you. So Hashem's obviously not listening to me. We think that God has our capabilities. We put... Hashem's Rachmanut also on human capabilities and Hashem's power on human capabilities. Can you listen to five people speak at once? Can you listen to three people speak at once? Very rarely would that be able to happen. So we think that God's the same way. I don't get it. God's listening to him. He's praying like a tzaddik up in the front. So I'm in the back praying, uh, yeah, saying the words, trying to understand something, trying to have some intentions. So God's probably not listening to me. He's probably listening to the rabbi in the front. He's probably listening to Yaakov, Hini, and Robert, and, and Shmuel in the front of the shul. That they're probably with their hearts. He's listening to me, little old me in the back, and the guy next to me who's barely concentrating on his phone half the time. He's listening to us. The answer is 100%. And if you don't believe that, you're an apikoros. Bishvil zehu mitrashel betfila. And that's the only reason why people become weakened and start not praying properly. Because they do not believe a thousand percent that Hashem is listening to them right then and there. It's not the airplane at El Al flight down to Yerushalayim, down to Tel Aviv, all the way through the Kotel, behind the Kotel up to Shemaim, and then they have to go through seven heavens, which the Gemara and Chagiga says is light years away, seven heavens, and then all the way up to the Kisi Yaakovah to Hashem, which probably take you know, thousands of years if you're traveling at the speed of whatever. Rather, a Kadosh Baruch Hu is listening to you right then and there. Do you believe that? That right, you're talking to Hashem. Not you're talking and your words are going to be delivered one day 
to God whenever he gets a chance to listen to your tefillot on a voicemail. Right then and there, Hashem is listening to you. Right then and there, you're talking to Hashem. The king of all kings, the one who can give you everything, the one who decides everything. The one who wants you, the one who created you, the one who wants to hear from you. And because of this distance that he feels, that's why all the problems are happening. That's why he feels that anything is a problem. I saw a nice thing in my mom's rehab. They have some like encouraging statements on the wall. So one of them said, you don't have to avoid the rain. You have to learn how to dance in the rain. Problems, rainy days are going to come. It's a guarantee. You will not have a place that doesn't have rain. You are going to live in a place. You're going to have your life. It's going to rain in Florida, right? Right? What do you have to do? Stay away from the rain? Then that blocked out half of your 150 days of the year. It's going to rain plenty. You have to learn how to work through the rain. When a problem comes to your life, you don't just, okay, I'm going through an issue, I'm going through something, it's difficult, I'm just going to lay back and wait till it resides and goes away. No. I'm going to learn how to utilize this in order for whatever I'm doing, for whatever I want to do, to be able to be done, even through this difficulty, even through the problem. You don't have to learn how, what does it say? How to I don't know. avoid Tell the me. rain? You don't have to learn how to avoid the rain, you have to learn how to dance in the rain. Okay, that was a very goyish statement. But in simplistic terms, it means whenever you're going through something difficult, you have to learn how to use it for your benefit. You have to learn how to... Gedalia Prize, a thousand, one minute, one-liners. Come on, give me a few right now. You have to turn your dollar into a... Yeah, but that's that's not as clear as other ones. I'm no, sure he, he says. Pretty much, you have to you have to you have to not let it be um, um, preparedness and not. Uh, what did he say? No, 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 he says something very very recently. I liked. Pretty much, you have to not let it control you. You have to control it. But I don't. That's that doesn't, that doesn't, that doesn't, doesn't sound so nice. Whatever point is, you have to utilize whatever Hashem is sending you for an opportunity to grow. If I know a Kodesh Baruch Hu is sending me an opportunity to grow, I should be ecstatic, right? Now, it could be coming in a form of something very uncomfortable. When you go to the gym, don't go to the mixed gyms. Mixed gyms are not allowed. Shmuel, when you go to the gym and you did bench pressing, you ever did bench pressing in your life? You took the bar, you put some sort of weight on the sides, and then what did you do? You bench pressed. You sat on a bench, you laid on a bench, and you put resistance against you. Why didn't you just go on the bench with no resistance and flap your arms like this? Because through resistance, through difficult times, comes growth. How do you break... And what are you doing when you're working out? You're breaking muscle. You're literally breaking muscle. And then your muscle regrows bigger. That's what happens when a person works out physically. You break the muscle, tear the muscle, the muscle... The, my, my, exactly regrows and when it regrows it gets, stronger. it gets bigger and stronger stronger and bigger exactly that is a Kadosh Baruch Hu when he gives us situations of difficulty he's giving you situations of difficulty the question is how are you going to handle it do you handle it that you want to curl up into a ball and go in the corner of the room and wait till it passes by or do you embrace it and you say wow now I'm going to try to do whatever I can to serve Hashem through even when I have this difficulty and that's what's going to make me 
the, the person I am. I don't mean to bring him into this conversation. No, 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 no. No, no, we don't ask for nothing. But it's going to come. Something's going to come. Everything is a test. Everything is a exercise to get you closer to Hashem. Do you stop at every stop sign? Do you stop at every stop sign? You roll through a lot of them? Let me give you a practical tip. Avoda Hashem at every stop sign. Okay. Avoda Hashem at every stop sign. Do you feel like you have patience 100%? Not always. No. You feel like you have 100% patience? Start, Hashem put traffic rules in the world, not for us to break them, for us to grow through them. A Kadosh Baruch Hu says, I want you to be more patient. I need you to be, I need, you need to be more patient, you need to work on your mitos. Stop at the stop sign. No one's there. No one will catch you. You would never stop at the stop sign. It's the second away from your house. Stop. Right, right. Stop. Why should you stop? Not for the law. Who cares about the law? <laughs> law. Law. Okay, we, don't, we don't abide. We're not law-abiding law citizens. Patience. We can work on patience. You know how hard it is for me to yeah, stop yeah, at the yeah, stop yeah, signs? Yeah, yeah. In my neighborhood? Give me a break. Stop signs in my neighborhood. Okay, you slow down just in case. Kids, whatever. But stopping full stop, when I do... You feel, wow, you just conquered all the feelings inside of you mm-hmm. to just run the stop sign. Mm-hmm. And you're building muscle, you're building yourself for when a real Nisayan comes of patience, mm-hmm. you'll have the kalim, you'll have the tools, you'll have the muscle to be able to lift that above you. I thought you were going somewhere else. I thought you'd say, stop at a stop sign. And do some expotatives. <laughs> so do a minute of HaKadosh Baruch I'm connecting to you at this very bobit. That's also good. But that's going to take you too long. I'm talking about every stop sign. You can have an exercise of patience at every stop sign. But you're in a rush. But you're in a rush. But you're going to shul. Doesn't matter. Stop at the stop sign. You learn we're not in control. That Hashem is in control. We have to stop. And, and sometimes in life, you got to stop. But you can't just and realize that something's above you, right? Yeah. 100%. You can't, you can't keep moving. 100%. You know, sometimes you have to stop and realize hey, Hashem is in control. 100%. But when we do these little things, for example, a person is now, um, he wants to say something to his friend. It, it's not Lashon Haram. It's not even, it doesn't, it's not Torah either. It's not, he wants to tell his friend about uh, the, he went paintballing last week. Parv. Completely parv. Refrain from doing that once a day. Once a day, refrain from telling somebody something somebody to somebody that is parv. Not lashnar. Lashnar. Why? Same idea. If you're able to stop yourself every day from saying something that you want to say or you really want to say, mm-hmm. when it comes the time that you're about to speak lashnar mm-hmm. and you need to have that koach to stop yourself. You'll never have the koach if you never practice. You'll never be able to if you never practice. Says the Rav. This is why people unfortunately don't believe that their prayers are heard. Because they feel that Hashem is distant from them. Because they feel that Hashem is not with them. They're not worthy of Hashem. Vezeh. And this is what it means. Vishma Yitro. And Yitro heard. Wow. Yitro heard and came to do tshuva. Perish Rashi. What did he hear? Here the Torah 
Rashi really, is revealing to us the secret why Yitro came and did tshuva. And why he came to Moshe, the tzaddik of the generation. He came straight to Moshe, yeah? Obviously he had, he had ins, he was married, he was his father-in-law. Kriyat Yamsuf, Shinikra Yudbet Kraim, he came to Kriyat Yamsuf, he came because of Kriyat Yamsuf, which had 12 um, openings. Keneged Yudbet Tfilot, parallel to the 12th Tfilot, Nusachot Tfilot, which are the um, text, different versions of Tfilah. And the twelve windows of heaven. He knew that Parnasa and the Zivug are the two most difficult things, as difficult as Kriyat Yamsuf. Why are they difficult? He realized that they both have to do with prayer. Parnasa and Zivug both block you from praying properly. Says the Rav, that Kriyat Yamsuf and Milchemet Amalek is what brought him. What's, Kriyat, what's as hard as Kriyat Yamsuf? Parnasan Zivug. What do they deter you? They both can deter your tefillot. And if they're going to deter your tefillot, that's Milchemet Amalek. Milchemet Amalek is and is trying to insert within you sfikot belev ha'adam. Is trying to insert within you different types of doubts and queries and difficulties and philosophies and heresy about Hashem. That's why it says, Hayesh havaya bikirbenu im ein. Who said that? Who did say that? It's a very famous pasuk. Hayesh Hashem bikirbenu im ein. Paro, Haim Yesh Hashem Bekirbenu? No. Im Ayn. I don't know. It could be. That's a good question. We should look it up. Yeah, but you have a Chumash? We have a Chumash. Let's just finish. In the Chumash. But where? I have the Pazuk. Oh, you have it? Right there. If you look, no, on the next bookshelf, yeah. next bookshelf, yeah. there's a small little Chumash on the top. Shmot Yud Zayn Zayn, 17.7. Velachen Hubayel Moshe. No, it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's Yitro. Okay. So it's but let's see. Uh, it's by the Mon, I think. Seventeen seven? Yeah. Shmot seventeen seven. Seventeen seven? Amazing. Now let's see what he says here. Where's seventeen? Seven. Seven seven, you're right, right. Because the contention of the children of Hashem of Israel became the test of saying, "Yeah, is Hashem with us or not?" Mm-hmm. Listen to that. Listen to that horrible statement: "Is Hashem with us?" And there's a possibility, or not? No. There's no possibility like that. We're going to learn this tomorrow, Bezat Hashem. He says, I, have to, I really have to, I apologize. Okay. I really apologize. I would love to finish this. You know what? Let's finish this. Let's just finish. Ready? It's impossible to come to proper truth. There's truth. There's a lot of truth. There's truth in the world, right? The statement I just said. The statement I just said, there's, you, should, you don't run away from the rain, dance in the rain. That's true. 
There's a lot of things that are true. But is it 100% Torah emet? That what you have to figure out. A lot of very motivational speakers, they say truthful things. But many times it's not for everybody. Many times it's not 100% MS, right? Many truthful statements in the world. You want MS or MS? Real MS, real emuna. it's only through connection to tzaddikim. If you have connection to tzaddikim, they are the ones who clarified and filtered everything they need to give you the, the absolute proper emuna that you're supposed to have. Listen to this. Rabbi Nachman says this. This is a tikkun ezar also. As much, Hashem needs parnasa. Okay, this is a anacha. Baal Shem Tov says, yeah. Where did What is it? Yeah. What does he say? Hashem is waiting for our tefillas. So the Baal Shem used to ask somebody how you... Shev, he's waiting for the tefillah to be Yeah, that's the first yeah. that you do with Hashem. It's really a The Tikkun Azar says this. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. The Baal Shem said this famous story. You yeah, yeah. around saying, how are you? And, and one guy, whatever, he didn't answer. He says, why are you depriving Hashem from his, his Mazinus, from his Parnassah? Okay, what are you talking about? He says, when I ask you how you're doing, you say, thank you, Hashem. Baruch Hashem, I'm doing fine. That's giving Hashem his Parnassah. And you're depriving Hashem. Thank and you for that. When I ask you how are you doing, mm-hmm. and you just ignore ah, whatever, you know, you don't ignore, you don't acknowledge it. You're depriving Hashem from His parnasa. Because Hashem receives kiviyachol His parnasa. He's waiting for the for your praises. Exactly by our praises, our praises and prayers to Hashem is His parnasa. Our parnasa is the Benjamins. His parnasa is our tefilot. Vilafia zivug shegorem betfilato says the Rav says Rabbi Nachman. As much as you give to Hashem in prayer, Hashem will give you back in Parnassah. Where do we learn this from, first of all? Just a quick example. The Gemara says, I believe in the beginning of the third or the fourth parak of, I should know, because I'm just doing Dafiyomi, but whatever, of Brachot, which was also two days ago is one minute alacha. You saw two minutes ago, two days ago is one minute alacha? Shulchan Aruch proper says you have to come to Shul you have to pray. You have to stand and think about Hashem and His greatness for an hour before prayer. Shulchan Aruch, not just the Hasidim Rishonim and the Gemara, and an hour after prayer, and obviously an hour to pray. Shulchan Aruch says this. The Mishnah Bro says he means talking about Hasidim, but regular people they can do a little less than that. But the idea is. The Gemara says that the Hasidim Rishonim used to pray three hours a day, so three tefillot a day, nine hours a day of prayer. When the Gemara says, when do they have time to, to work? And when do they have time to work? And when do they have time to review or learn their studies? The Gemara says, because they were such Hasidim in prayer, Hashem blessed everything they touched in business, and the Kaddish Baruch Hu kept their learning. And whatever they did learn, He blessed and He blossomed and He safeguarded it in order for them to be able to have blessing whatever they did because exactly you give Hashem what He needs Hashem will give you everything that you need everything that you need oh but what about Torah I need to learn the Vilna the not Vilna the opposite the opposite of the Vilna the Balatanya the Balatanya once said okay I'm just joking I'm just joking Hasidim and Miknagdim so he came to me they want to see him I know, I know. Anyway, so he said, if it wasn't for other mitzvot, 
I would, I would have, and sleeping, he said, I would go from one tefillah to the next. I would end shachrit, go to mincha. End mincha, go to arvit, end arvit, go home, sleep, go back to shachrit. I would, if, if that's, if it was up to me. That's how we have to think about prayer. Ken zocheh, says the Rav, ken zocheh lezivugo. As much as you give, that's what you get back. Since Paro uh, Yitro heard that Pretty much, the tzaddik is able to encourage you and inspire you and teach you the proper ways of having emuna, And that's what Yitro came straight to Moshe. Because he wanted to know the secret of how to have emuna and not to be weak when it came to prayer. And that's what's going to keep a melchemet amalek from happening to you. That if you're strong in prayer and you always are trying to do as much as you can, so amalek has no power on you. What's amalek trying to do? Insert within you different doubts and different things. In order so you won't have all the things that you need like parnasa and zivugin.